The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. And hello again, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of This Week in History. We've been a little bit delayed on our uh, regular schedule, but, you know, between Jonesy helping uh, run uh, festivals here in London with Kids Expo and the International Food Festival, and I'm helping with uh, Smash Wrestling and Hammerlock Pure Wrestling, we have got ourselves a busy summer. We're going to be a little bit uh, here there with our uh, schedule, I guess, unfortunately, but we want to thank you for joining us. Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, everywhere else you get your podcasts from. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, Rumble, or Facebook, thank you, thank you, thank you. We definitely appreciate your support and staying with us. We love to talk about history. We love to talk about wrestling, for that matter. And we want to uh, keep you up to date and informed with our shows all the time. Um, when we get through this cycle, we're going to be uh, switching some things up. And it looks like at the moment might be just doing a show review per week. I'm uh, going to talk it over with Jonesy and see what our uh, initial plan will be. But that's not until about December when we get through this uh, cycle. But we definitely want to make sure we have a plan going forward. And before we do uh, invite Jonesy into the uh, conversation, I want to thank Hammerlock Pure Wrestling for the sponsorship. Hammerlock Pure Wrestling, bringing back the golden age of pro wrestling. And we have some great shows coming your way Saturday, July 9th. This Saturday coming up at Jobsite Brewing Company in Stratford, Ontario. Tickets are just $20. Doors open at 6, bell time at 7. And then the following week, Saturday, July 16th, Nancy Powers Photography presents Hammerlock Pure Wrestling at the Portuguese Club of Strathroy. Tickets can be purchased at the Rusty Wrench. And once again, doors open at 6, bell time 7. This will be our huge uh, show. You don't want to miss the one in Strathroy on July 16th. But we are here to talk about wrestling, and to do that, as I said, we're going to bring in Jonesy from Niagara Falls. How are you, sir? Great. Summer is good. Uh, nice and hot. Yes, uh, that's for sure. And uh, even though they've been predicting a lot of rain, it hasn't happened, so it's been good uh, to that extent, so you're able to still get out and do things. As I mentioned, you had uh, some festivals uh, here in London. And you were mentioning there was another one coming up uh, in Chatham uh, this yes, weekend. Yes, I've been uh, I've been uh, drafted to do Chatham. Uh, uh, some people canceled uh, that were going to help run it, so I'm yes. going to go uh, there. And I've done I did Chatham many years ago, so I'm not a stranger to Chatham. It's uh, it's a nice place, uh, nice people, and uh, we'll see we'll see how the hotel is. <laughs> Yeah, so if you want to uh, get your ribs and you're in the Chatham area, go to Chatham, Ontario this weekend. And then I believe uh, London for uh, London Rib Fest uh, annual tradition on the Civic Holiday weekend. And uh, yeah, always some great competition, great food uh, throughout the Victoria Park. And thank you, Frank, for shaking your collar. Uh, if anybody's wondering what that jingling was. Um, but yeah, so some great things coming up this summer, whether it's professional wrestling, uh, with Hammerlock Beer Wrestling or, uh, with the festivals that Jonesy is running, get out there, enjoy the time before who knows what happens, uh, in the fall. But let's talk who about cares? Some... the festivals will be done by then. Let, let whatever, uh, uh, ravage. Exactly. So as you see here, we are going to talk about some wrestling. Uh, this, this at this moment, and uh, some of the uh, spotlight is going to be on JJ Dillon and Terry Funk. So let's uh, get on with our show. All right, the headlines. Oh, my apologies. That's next week's uh, episode with Terry Funk and uh, JJ Dillon. This week's episode is actually got Brody Lee, or not Brody Lee. We got. Uh, Bruiser Brody and Coco Beware. This is the proper uh, graphic for the show. The next show will be uh, the one that I just had up. Like I said, we got to catch up on some shows and we are thankful for our fans. So let's All get right. on with this week's episode. 
38 years ago, June 17, 1984, at a WWF TV taping in Bloomington, Minnesota, five-time AWA world champion Maurice Mad Dog Vachon would make his WWF debut at the age of 54. Uh, he wasn't featured on TV much, but did appear at house shows in the Midwestern United States in Quebec, where he was most well-known. 37 years ago, June 17, 1985, at a WWF TV taping in Poughkeepsie, New York, former NWA World Heavyweight Champion Terry Funk made his WWF debut. Uh, Funk would attack ring attendant Mel Phillips when Phillips had his hands full of Terry's ring gear and put Funk's hat on his head. Couldn't have happened to a better person if you know the history of Mel Phillips. I do not. We'll have to hear that one day. You know, let's just say ring boy scandal. Oh, that. Yikes. Uh, another debut happened on the card as well. As Randy Macho Man Savage made his first WWF in-ring appearance, billed as wrestling's hottest free agent, many of the managers were at ringside scouting Mr. Savage. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. June 17, 1995, the Gangstas, New Jack and Mustafa Saeed, made their ECW debuts, attacking ECW Tag Team Champions Public Enemy. 20 years ago, June 17, 2002, on Raw from Oakland, California, Vince McMahon addressed the walkout of Stone Cold Steve Austin publicly. In a surprise appearance, The Rock would also comment on the Stone Cold situation. Yeah, and that uh, show ended with uh, Austin, uh, well, because we knew Austin walked out, but Vince uh, McMahon addressed it and then got himself a Steve Weiser, popped the can, toasted, and left the can in the middle of the ring and walked out. 11 years ago, June 17, 2011, TNA releases former Ring of Honor world champion Stephen Howarth, a.k.a. Nigel McGuinness. He would spend 18 lackluster months there as Desmond Wolf. Uh, McGinnis uh, now works for WWE doing commentary for NXT Level Up. I'm not sure if that's still correct. That's last year's information. Yep, this is correct. It is updated. Yeah. Oh, it is updated. Oh, good. Uh, 21 years ago, June 18, 2001, on Raw's War from Tampa, Florida, the man that was stalking The Undertaker's wife the last few weeks turned out to be DDP. Diamond Dallas Page, uh, DDP had a different debut plan in mind, however. He wanted to do who's the real people's champion angle of The Rock. But we got stalker DDP instead. Yeah, I was just listening to a, uh, it was a, yeah, King of the Ring edition of uh, something to wrestle with, uh, Bruce Pritchard. And uh, he got asked about that whole DDP thing and it came up with by Bruce. Um, he did acknowledge the uh, idea of DDP wanting to go against Rock, but the Rock wasn't even around. So uh, how better to establish yourself uh, than jumping right in against The Undertaker? Storyline-wise, it was a drizzling shits. But, you know, it, it, it was, would have worked out better. And I think they had the mentality of our audience wouldn't know DDP. And that's why they brought in this character as a stalker and just totally ruined him. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, he was able to recover and is a uh, WD Hall of Famer. And thank you, Frank. June 18th, 2006, Jim Cornette would debut in TNA and serve as TNA's on-screen authority figure. Ten years ago, June 18th, 2012, on Raw from Uniondale, New York, Cindy Lauper and Wendy Richter made their first appearance in a WWE ring since 1985. Piper would uh, be there to give Lawler uh, sorry, Lauper a framed gold record to replace the one he broke on Captain Lou's head. Uh, Cindy would take that record and break it over Heath Slater's head. The segment was featured on Lopper's reality series, She's So Unusual. And let's see. Yep. 74 years ago, June 19th, 1948, the National Wrestling Alliance was formed. 
Midwest promoter Paul Pinky George joined uh, five other regional performers, including the first ever NWA world champion, Orville Brown. Uh, this would create a superpower in wrestling that uh, would have one undisputed world champion and an official body for pro wrestling th through talent and brand name franchising and a tutorial system. Though not as mighty as it once was, the NWA still operates to this day with Smashing Pumpkins lead singer Billy Corrigan as the owner. Yeah, and they're about to celebrate their 74th anniversary, if I believe right. Um, well, yeah, because as we said, 74 years ago. Uh, and that's supposed to be a pay-per-view, I believe, uh, coming up. And uh, yeah, one of your favorites, Orville Brown. I just oh, wonder boy. what it would look like today. Uh, probably not happen in North America with the way things are structured between AEW and WWE. But what if something were to do that in, say, a regional area like Ontario or Canada in general with all the independent wrestling uh, organizations that popped up through the pandemic, before the pandemic, even in the United States, if they were to get pockets of it and uh, do that sort of replication, what would happen? Yeah, I, I, you know, NWA was in Canada many, many years ago, and it did very well. So who knows? Maybe it'll come back one day. 20 years ago, June 19th, 2002, NWA presented the first ever total nonstop action show from Huntsville, Alabama. From the minds of Jerry Jarrett and Jeff Jarrett and Bob Ryder, they created TNA uh, and would air their shows on pay-per-view during a time where only WWF were on broadcast television. The pay-per-view had a small hiccup after their first match. 550-pounder checks would break one of the ring ropes, and it would take an hour to prepare uh, to fix the ring. Uh, so they threw uh, on the non-wrestling segments that included Toby Keith's live performance, which, of course, Jared interrupted. But Toby would get his revenge in the main event. Then the second-ever TNA Weekly pay-per-view was also taped. The show aired one week later and introduced the X Division. I'm just going to finish this page. June 19, 2005, Samoa Joe made his TNA debut. June 20, 2005, the wedding of Edge and Lita happened on Raw, which, of course, went sour with Kane tombstoning a priest. Good for him. 13 years ago, June 20th, 2009, Candice Michelle and Sim Snuka are both released from the WWE. Yeah, I guess uh, Sim Snuka needed to learn how to uh, catch Undertaker better. And, well, after uh, the whole thing with uh, Deuce and Domino fell through, he didn't have much uh, to go with. Oh, I tagged you in, sir. Oh, uh, 20 years ago, June 21st. There we go. 20 years ago, June 21st, uh, WD uh, presented the first ever edition of Tough Enough on MTV. This wrestling re reality show showcased 13 men and women undergoing wrestling training and helped open the door for not only the wrestlers, but the fans who got to see how uh, tough the Competition can be. 12 years ago on Monday Night Raw, June 22, 2010, Donald Trump sells back Monday Night Raw to Vince McMahon just one week after buying it due to WWE stock taking a hit because some viewers uh, switched the ownership, thought it was legitimate, and including the Securities and Exchange Commission had uh, issues with it. The Don would issue a statement that Austin Staubel Airport in Green Bay announcing a ticket refund to all those attending Raw. What a nice guy our future, the future president was. That's when he. That's when he was nice. Yep, and not just firing people all over the place. Eleven years ago, on June twenty second, two thousand eleven, Martha Hart, the widow of the late Owen Hart, announced she is suing the WWE for the company using his own likeness and name for marketing purposes. The lawsuit was settled on April 13th or April 2013 
with Martha receiving $80,000 in royalties, and magically she's okay with AEW, a company who never had Owen working for them, spotlighting his foundation and name. Go figure. 19 years ago, on June 23, 2003, on Raw from New York, Triple H defeated Kane in a title versus mask match there to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. As a result of Kane's loss, Kane was forced to unmask and no dentist chance. And unfortunately, yeah, they had. Surprised with that. Yeah, well, they also had him uh, with a half shaven head, and the mask then had a wig that didn't really look right. So it totally looked off uh, during that match. And then when he revealed it was like having soot on his face and half hair. And he soon realized that this is definitely not going to work for real life situations of being out with his wife and all that, especially with the way his hair was. And eventually he just fully sh- uh, shaved it off. But it was definitely a difference in look for him doing that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Seven years ago, uh, June 23rd, 2015, WD debuted the sixth season of Tough Enough. Joshua Beadle and Sarah Lee went on to win the competition. In the end, seven of the 13 contestants were signed by WWE to deals, including Amanda Sacramento, known as Mandy Rose, Patrick Clark, who became Velveteen Dream, and Daria uh, Bernardo, who is Sonya Deville. Six years ago, on June 23rd, 2016, WWE presented the first round of the Cruiserweight Classic from Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. This ended up becoming the beginning and launching of the 205 brand, where a lot of the competitors end up staying. But it's now gone to the wayside with the changing of uh, Triple H at the helm of NXT. Looking at their only death for this uh, episode... Seven years ago, June 22nd, 2015, William Fritz Ensor, also known as Nature Boy Buddy Landell, was found dead in his home in Virginia. He was 53 years old. You want to do some birthdays? Sure, birthdays. Starting with June 17th, Clarence Mason uh, turns 57. If you remember him, of course, he was... uh, one of the uh, lawyers or attorneys, whatever they classified him as, in WWF. Also on the 17th, it's a happy 54th birthday today to uh, Puro Suo legend uh, Minoru Suzuki. He was born in June of 68. Uh, Suzuki is a two-time All Japan Pro Wrestling Triple Crown Champion, a, also a former IWGP tag champ and former GHC heavyweight champion in pro wrestling NOAA. Suzuki is also an accomplished mixed martial artist and amateur wrestler. He's the founder of Penn Greece, one of the world's first MMA organizations, and was their second ever world champ. He also was a, mo- a motion capture actor for the Tekken series of video games. Interesting. And he yeah. was just recently on uh, AEW and New Japan's Forbidden Door pay-per-view, teaming with La Sex Gods, uh, Sammy Guevara and uh, Chris Jericho in a winning effort. Nice. June 18th, there's a bunch of them. Big Vito turns 58. Uh, Bam Neely turns 47. Larry Henning uh, would have turned 84. Melissa, uh, Melissa Coates would have turned 53. And um, who the hell is this guy? Uh, would have turned 76, uh, birthday of Frank Donald Goodish, a.k.a. Uh, Bruiser Brody. Of course, we know a lot about him, uh, so just a quick blip on him, unless you want to do that. Yeah, I'll do the superstar spotlight on Brody. He was born uh, June 18th, 1946. From Uniontown, Pennsylvania, he died unfortunately June seven, uh, July seventeenth, nineteen eighty-eight, at the age of forty-two. He debuted at uh, in nineteen seventy-three, trained by Fritz von Erich. 
Brody ended up working for AWA, WWF, New Japan, SCW, WCCW, All Japan, CSW, CWF, which is Championship Wrestling from Florida, and WWC, which was uh, in Puerto Rico. Unfortunately, that's where he was stabbed in a uh, shower by Jose Gonzalez in Puerto Rico and was found by Tony Atlas. He was the only uh, person who could actually carry Brody to the ambulance, and unfortunately that wasn't enough to save his life. And uh, because there was no witnesses, uh, per se, uh, Mr. Gonzalez ended up getting off on the any charges. And, of course, that didn't look too well on Carlos Colon because it happened in his organization. So a lot of people don't have uh, good feelings about Carlos. Um, he was also known by his real name, Frank Goodish, King Kong Brody, the Mass Mauler, and Red River Jack. Of course, we know Brody uh, was an inspiration for a lot of people, including John Nord and uh, Brody Lee. Uh, we even named his son Brody in real life. Uh, tons more people were inspired by uh, Bruiser Brody, and you can only imagine what would have happened if they could have agreed to get him into the uh, WWF and challenge Hulk Hogan for the title what uh, kind of matches they would have had. He's also considered one of the pioneers of hardcore wrestling. He was Undertaker's first opponent, and oddly enough, that was a match that they also put Percy Pringle in the corner of Undertaker, or me, Mark Callis, to help him learn from Brody. Uh, it was quite the match, but hey, he's down in history for that one. Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in uh, 2014, St. Louis Wrestling Hall of Fame, St. Louis, I mean, Southern Wrestling Hall of Fame, Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame in 1996, WWE Hall of Fame in 2019, I believe that was part of their legacy wing, and he's had a ton of uh, championships, including three-time NWA International Champion, one-time PWF Tag Team Champion, one-time NWA Central States champion, one-time Central States tag team champion, one-time NWA Florida champion, four-time NWA American heavyweight champion, three-time NWA American tag team champion, eight-time NWA brass knuckles champion. He's also one-time brass knuckles champion in for the world, and I believe that was Australia, and a one-time WWA world champion. So a lot of things uh, on Brody. He wasn't around basically when I started watching wrestling, so I would have to go back and see some of his uh, stuff. But uh, definitely somebody who was a pioneer in what uh, we see today, especially in the hardcore area. And you think his career was uh, only about nine years and all those accolades. So And cut short, unfortunately, in the shower from an argument. Yep. June 19th, the founder of the original ECW owner, Todd Gordon, is 67 years old. Uh, also on the 19th, it's a happy 70th birthday to Philippe Estrada, a.k.a. Al Canuck. And also on the 19th, Wahoo McDaniel turns 61. Pardon me. And some of the big events. 26 years ago, June 17th, 1996, New Japan Pro Wrestling presented Skydiving oh. Sky Jay from Budokan oh, Hall. Hall in Tokyo. Yeah, in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, the show would feature junior heavyweight champion matches. 15 years ago, June 17th, 2007, TNA presented Slammiversary 5 from Nashville Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. Ten years ago, June 17, 2012, WWE presented No Way, no Way Out from the IZOD Center in East Rutherford, New Jersey. 27 years ago, June 18, 1995, WCW presented the Great American Bash from Daytona, Ohio. 
17 years ago, June 18th, 2005, Ring of Honor presented Death Before Dishonor 3 from Morristown, New Jersey. The main event was CM Punk's build the final match with the company before heading to the WWE. Yeah, and if I believe correctly on that one, he actually won the Ring of Honor championship and signed his WWE contract on the Ring of Honor title that night. Yes, and then he, I do believe he did wrestle a couple more matches and then actually left the company. Yeah, he did the honors and dropped it, yeah. uh, the belt properly. 16 years ago, June 18th, 2006, uh, there was two shows. TNA presented Slammiversary from the Impact Zone. And Triple A presented Triple Mania 14 from Mexico. 11 years ago, on June 18th, 2011, AAA presented Triple Mania 19 from Mexico City, Mexico. The show featured competitors from TNA, uh, introduced two new championships, the AAA Latin American Championship and the AAA World Trios title. They'd be used in a hexagon ring as well that night. 30 years ago, on June 19th, 1992, Super World of Sports presented its final show from Japan. 28 years ago, on June 19, 1984, WF presented King of the Ring. The event had Pro Football Hall of Famer Art Donovan in a horrific commentary position asking, How much does that guy weigh? How tough is that guy? <laughs> really bad questions from a football player, but go figure. Gorilla Monsoon had to uh, wrangle him in and probably nearly choked him at the same time. Uh, Grilla ignored him by the end of the broadcast, and the rest is history. This uh, was the first pay-per-view of the new generation, which had two 40-year-olds in the singles match main event, uh, Piper versus Jerry Lawler. New generation. Meanwhile, they made fun of the old age of WCW guys, and Considering now, the guys in their 40s are still considered young in WWE when you have guys like John Cena still wrestling, AJ Styles, the occasional Booker T. You had Undertaker and Shawn Michaels in their 50s mm -hmm. uh, doing action. So how times have changed. And impressions of what people seem to be old compared to then and now. So a lot, a lot, sorry, and a lot of it too is that um, they're kind of semi-retired now. Instead of just going, okay, we retire, they're going, well, we're kind of retired, but we still have matches, you know, once a month or whatever. Like, like guys like Goldberg and um, uh, Brock Lesnar, they could go on for years working that schedule. And I think the difference also nowadays is the conditioning compared to uh, what they were then there wasn't a lot of cardio and like you might have had some jacked up guys that were taking on Hogan, but most of them looked average, uh, especially when you had a Dick Slater and uh, people like that and Dick Murdoch who looked like they just came out of bar to uh, battle. Right? They, that's how they looked so much older, but nowadays the conditioning is so much better and they're taking care of themselves and, able to be able to do that carrying on with some of our big events 17 years ago on night uh, june 19th 2005 tna presented slammiversary from the impact zone in universal studios orlando 12 years ago on june 19th 2010 new japan pro wrestling presented dominion 6.919 uh, from osaka gymnasium in <laughs> osaka japan 11 years ago, on June 19th, 2011, WWE presented Capital Punishment. Seven years ago, on June 19th, 2015, Ring of Honor presented The Best in the World 2015 from Terminal 5 in New York City. Five years ago, on June 19th, 2016, WWE presented Money in the Bank from Las Vegas, Nevada. It's one night we'll talk about it in just a little bit, but all members of the Shield ended up holding the title, uh, all within minutes of each other. 
30 years ago on June 20th, 1992, WCW presented Beach Blast from Mobile, Alabama. WCW has started its no moves from the top rope rule. Fans didn't like it, and neither did the high flyers. Well, I don't know about that rule too much because yeah, Hammerlock, that's what we use, but it's not as noticeable uh, to the uh, fans in attendance. And I think it helps keep our shows more stable and back to traditional wrestling. I think uh, when Bill Watts did it in WCW, it was a little too much of a shock to the system instead of an instant, this is our world. Big deal. And somebody might have a phone call. Uh, June 18th, or June 20th, 2004, AAA presented Triple Mania 12 from Mexico. 12 years ago on June 20th, 2010, WWE presented Fatal 4-Way. Uh, the show ended a half hour earlier, angering some fans. And every match was a Fatal 4-Way match for a title. And... I think that probably also wore on people where every match was uh, that sort of style. 12 years ago on June 21st, 2010, TNA presented Slammiversary from the Palace of Auburn Hills in Detroit, Michigan. The show featured two King of the Mountain matches for the very first time. Once again, maybe some overkill on stuff like that. Seven years ago on June 21st, 2005, New Japan Pro Wrestling presented Dominion 6.21 from Osaka, Japan. 26 years ago, on June 26, uh, 1996, ECW presented Hardcore Haven from Philadelphia. The show is remembered best for the ring collapse during the show's semi-main event of Tommy Dreamer and Brian Lee. Lee then would chokeslam Dreamer through multiple tables from the Eagle's Nest while the ring was being repaired for an hour. Kimono Wanalea performed a strip tease for the crowd as well. Then in the main event, one of the ropes uh, snapped during that match. Craziness during Hardcore Heaven. 96. Nine years ago on June 22nd, 2013, Ring of Honor presented Best in the World from Baltimore. Nine years ago, on June 22nd, 2013, New Japan Pro Wrestling also had a show, Dominion 6.22 from Osaka, Japan. Eight years ago, on June 22nd, 2014, Ring of Honor presented the best in the world from Nashville, Tennessee. 28 years ago, on June 23rd, 1994, WCW presented Clash of the Champions 27. Only a few more uh, events, and I'm going to tag out for some title changes. 26 years ago, on June 23rd, 1996, WWF presented King of the Ring from Milwaukee. And, of course, we know that Steve Austin uh, had the birth of 316. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, But it was also the Ultimate Warrior's last match in WWE as he took on Jerry the King Lawler. And that was a horrible buildup that they had for that because the Warrior did not trust Lawler to break a pitcher over his head and not cut him. So he ended up with this stupid interview wearing a padded baseball cap and just totally ruined the whole thing. And thank God he was gone after that. 13 years ago, Oh, sorry, 20 years ago on June 23rd, 2002, WWE presented King of the Ring 2002. And 13 years ago on June 23rd, 2009, WWE presented the 2008 Draft Lottery from San Antonio, Texas. All right. Thank you, Sean. And now to title changes. Starting with June 17th, 1985, the U.S. Express, Mike Rotundo and Barry Windham defeated the Iron Sheik and the Geek, uh, Nick, oh my God, and Nikolai Volkov to win the WWF Tag Team belts. June 17th, 1996, Shinjiro Otani defeated Kashushi Sakagraba 
to win the vacated UWA World Light Heavyweight Championship. Jushin Thunder Liger defeated Dick Tongo to win the British Commonwealth Junior Heavyweight Belt. Also on June 17th, 2007, Jay Lethal defeated Chris Sabin to win the TNA X Division Championship. Kurt Angle would defeat Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Chris Harris, and Christian Cage in King of the Mountain match to win the vacated TNA World Heavyweight Belt. 54 years ago, June 18, 1968, in San Angelo, Texas, Dory Funk Jr. and Terry Funk defeated Carl and Kurt Von Brauner to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. June 18, 1995, the Renegade boom, defeated Arn Anderson to win the WCW World TV belt. Sting defeated Ming to win the vacated WCW United States Championship. Uh, the championship was vacated back in March when Commissioner Nick Bockwinkle stripped Vader of the championship after deliberately injuring David Sullivan. Evad. Sullivan. 18 years ago, June 18, 2004, in Mexico City, Mexico, Dr. Wagner Jr. defeated Al Canuck to win the UWA World Heavyweight Championship. Dr. Wagner would be the last UWF champ as the belt was deactivated in 2011. Wagner held it for 2,667 days. That's a long time. June 18, 2005, CM Punk defeated Austin Aries to win the ROH World Championship. After the match, Punk would get on the pipe bomb and blow some shit up. He'd signed the WWE contract on the ROH World title, ripped into ROH, told a storyline about a snake and an old man. It's a great mic spot by CM Punk. June 18, 2006, AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels defeated America's Most Wanted, Chris Harris and James Storm, to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Jeff Jarrett defeated Christian Cage, Abyss, Ron Killings, and Sting in a King of the Mountain match to win the NWA World Heavyweight Belt. Continuing with June 18th. 2006, Charlie Manson defeated El Zorro in a last-man-standing steel cage match to win the Mexican National Heavyweight Championship. With the lost, El Zorro also lost his hair. <sighs> and we're assuming that's his hair on his head. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, with all the craziness in wrestling, I wonder if they've ever done a shave-your-ass match. Anyways... Uh, 2011, Los Pedros Del Mar, also known as Damien 666, Halloween, and also X-Fly, uh, defeated Los Psycho Circus, who's also known as Monster Clown. Actually, I think these are the people that are in. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah, so Los uh, Psycho Circus consists of Monster Clown, Murder Clown, and Psycho Clown. An Extreme Rules match to become the first ever Triple A World Trios champs. And Jeff Jarrett defeated El Zorro to win the Triple A World Heavyweight Championship. The win made Jarrett the first foreign born wrestler to win the Triple A Heavyweight Championship. Dr. Wagner Jr. defeated Rob Van Dam to become the first Triple A Latin American champion. Yeah, 43 so years. I'll tag him for a moment. Sure. 43 years ago, on June 19, 1979, at Championship Wrestling taping in Allentown, Pennsylvania, Pat Patterson defeated Ted DiBiase to win the WWF North American Championship. Come September, both the North American and South American kayfabe uh, for the uh, tournament held by Johnny Ross, title would be unified in a kayfabe tournament won by Patterson in Puerto Rico, or Rio, sorry, Rio de Janeiro, thus creating the WWF Intercontinental Championship. So a lot of fake titles ended up forming what we know now as the IC title. June 19, 1994, Owen Hart defeated Razor Ramon to win the King of the Ring tournament. Owen and Brett are the only set of brothers to win this tournament. Owen beat the 1-2-3 kid, Razor Ramon, and IRS to make it to the tournament finals. 
21 years ago on June 19, 2001, on Raw's War from Nashville, Tennessee, Gerald Briscoe defeated Crash Holly to win the WWF Hardcore Championship, only to lose it to Pat Patterson moments later when Pat poured champagne over his head and cracked him with the bottle. <laughs> 21 years ago on June 19, 2001, at SmackDown taping, the Dudley Boys defeated Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. On June 19, 2002, Ken Shamrock defeated Malice to win the vacant NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Ricky Steamboat was the special guest referee for this match, and in the second taping of that evening for Impact Wrestling's second show, AJ Styles defeated Jerry Lynn, Loki, and Psychosis in a fatal four-way to double elimination match to win the TNA X Division Championship. Steamboat was also the referee for that match. June 19, 2005, Raven defeated AJ Styles, Abyss, Monty Brown, and Sean Waltman in a King of the Mountain match to win the NWA Heavyweight Championship. 16 years ago, on June 19, 2006, at NWA uh, TNA Impact taping in Orlando, Florida, Senshi defeated Samoa Joe and Sanjay Dutt in a three-way elimination match to win the X Division Championship. Of course, uh, people would recognize Senshi as Loki or the winner of uh, Tough Enough I mean, NXT Season 2 when they were doing the competitions uh, that way. Where are we at? 15 years ago, on June 19, 2007, at a TNA Impact taping in Orlando, Florida, Samoa Joe defeated Jay Lethal to win the TNA X Division Championship. On June 19, 2010, Bad Intentions, Giant Bernard and Carl Anderson, defeated Suji Gun uh, and No Limit in a uh, three-team elimination match to win the IWGP Tag Team Championship. Prince Devitt defeated... Marafuji to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. June 19, 2011, Ezekiel Jackson defeated Wade Barrett to win the WWE Intercontinental Ch Championship. Nine years ago, on June 19, 2013, uh, NXT taping in Orlando, Florida, Adrian Neville and Corey Graves defeated Eric Rowan and Luke Harper to win the NXT Tag Team titles. Eight years ago, on June 19, 2014, a TNA Impact taping, Bobby Lashley defeated Eric Young to win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Young already defended the title earlier in the night, was beat down after the match until a returning Bobby Roode made the save. June 19, 2015, Jay Lethal defeated Jay Briscoe in a title-for-title title match to retain the Ring of Honor TV title and, in the same time, won the ROH World Championship. June 19, 2016, Dean Ambrose won the Money in the Bank ladder match. Seth Rollins defeated Roman Reigns to win the WWE World Heavyweight title. And right after that, Dean Ambrose cashed in his Money in the Bank briefcase to win the world belt in just eight seconds, making all three members a WWE world champion within five minutes of each other. Kind of bizarre to see how that all uh, put that there. The win ties uh, him with Randy Orton and Diesel for the fastest WWE championship match in company history as Rollins held the title for all of two minutes and the second shortest WWE title reign ever, Andre the Giant holds the record with 108 seconds. 36 years ago, June 20th, 1986, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Wayne Ferris defeated Bad News Allen to win the Stampede Wrestling North American Heavyweight Championship. Ferris would hold the title for over two months, before heading to the WWF to be the Honky Tonk Man. June 20th, 1992, Scotty Flamingo, people who wonder what about Raven, defeated Brian Pillman to win the WCW Light Heavyweight Championship. 
25 years ago on June 20th, 1997, in Massachusetts, the Dudley Boys defeated the Eliminators to win the ECW World Tag Team titles. You want to carry on, sir? Sure. June 20th, 2000, Rikishi defeated Chris Benoit to win the WWF IC belt. 17 years ago, June 20th, 2005, on Raw from Phoenix, Arizona, Carlito defeated Shelton Benjamin to win the WWE Intercontinental Championship belt. June 20th, 2010, Alicia Fox defeated Eve, Gail Kim, and Maurice in a fatal four-way match to win the WWE Divas Championship. Rey Mysterio defeated Jack Swagger, Big Slow, and CM Punk in a fatal four-way match to win the World Heavyweight Championship. And Sheamus defeated John Zena, Edge, and Randy Orton in a fatal four-way match to win the WWE Championship belt. 11 years ago, June 20th, 2011, on Raw from Baltimore, Maryland, Kelly Kelly defeated Brie Bella to win the WWE Divas Championship. Nine years ago, June 20th, 2013, at an Impact taping, Suicide defeated Chris Sabin and Kenny King in a three-way match to win the TNA X Division Championship. And later in the night, for Impact taping number two, Suicide revealed himself to be Austin Aries. He would cash in his new title for a shot at the world belt at Destination X. Plan C. Yeah. Eight years ago, June 20th, 2014, at an Impact taping, Gil Kim defeated Angelina Love to win the TNA Knockouts Championship. 40 years ago, June 21st, 1982, in Atlanta, Georgia, Dusty Rhodes defeated Harley Race to become a two-time NWA World Heavyweight Championship. This would be his longest reign of the three reigns at 88 days. 22 years ago, June 21st, 2000, at a WCW Saturday night taping, Dick Slater and Bunkhouse Buck defeated Harlem Heat, uh, to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. An interesting thing about this match is that the Nasty Boys were actually the champions at the time of this taping. Uh, the Harlem Heat's title win hadn't aired nationwide until after this taping. This I still always laugh at the fact that uh, Bunkhouse Buck uh, was hired as uh, Jack Swagger's dad because, well, <laughs> Bunkhouse Buck was actually Terry Golden, but still... It's kind of an odd thought. Uh, and this happened before um, a, a tag belt was lost, before it was won in WCW. It happened at Wrestle War 91 as well. June 21st, 2010, Beer Money. James Storm and Robert Roode defeated Team 3D, Brother Devon and Brother Ray, to win the TNA World Tag Team Championship. Kurt Angle defeated Mick Foley, AJ Styles, Jeff Jarrett, and Samoa Joe in a King of the Mountain match to win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship belt. June 24, 2005, Time Splitters Alex Shelley and Kushida defeated the Young Bucks to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team belts. Bad Luck Fail defeated Shinzuki Nakamura to win the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. And yes, I know I screwed up Shin Shinsuke's name. Uh, 42 years ago, June 22, 1980, in Greensboro, North Carolina, Ray Stevens and Jimmy Snuka defeated Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood to win the NWA World Tag Team Belts. On June 22, 1996, Chris Jericho defeated Pitbull 2 to win the ECW World Television Belt. Oh, belt, sorry. June 22, also 2014, Michael Elgin defeated Adam Cole to win the ROH World Championship. 38 years ago, June 23, 1984, in San Antonio, Texas, Gino Hernandez defeated Ric Flair in the finals of a one-night tournament to win the vacated WCCW Texas Heavyweight Championship. 
30 years ago, June 23rd, 1992, in Philly, the Super Destroyers defeated Glenn Osborne and Max Thrasher to become the first Eastern Championship Wrestling Tag Team Champs. And Eastern Championship Wrestling was the forerunner to Extreme Championship Wrestling. It was. June 23rd, 1994, Lord Stephen Regal defeated Larry Zbysko to win the WCW World Television Championship. And Ric Flair defeated Sting to unify the WCW International and World Heavyweight belts. And two more for me. June 23rd, 1996, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Jake the Snake Roberts to win the King of the Ring Tournament. He would go on to give the 316 speech that would, of course, cement his place in history. Stone Cold Austin defeated Mark Merrill and Jake the Snake Roberts uh, defeated Vader to make it to the finals of the tournament. Austin had needed to go to the hospital for stitches in his mouth between rounds. Ahmed Johnson defeated Goldust to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, this one had a lot of uh, wonkiness going on because so many people wanted to be protected uh vader ended up losing by disqualification and beat up jake roberts but he thought his stock in japan would uh go down if he was pinned so they had to protect him that way there was wonkiness with gold dust going on and ahmed and just so many things that were uh because i listened to grilling jr talk about this uh, show it was just really odd and then for Marrow and Austin to go 17 minutes when Austin really did not like uh, Marrow at all. It was amazing. And then the accidental kick to the face. Yeah, just so many things piled up. And this was also on top of the fact that Triple H was being punished or uh, taken out of the King of the Ring. It was supposed to be his to win. So they went with Austin. And Michael Hayes told him about... Uh, Jake cutting a religious promo and just that was Austin ad living. So it was perfect right at the top of his head coming up with that. And then uh, Michael Hayes, not knowing what was going to be said, his reaction of, Whoa, Whoa, was all just, everything fell into place that night. Uh, yeah, even, even the kick to the face, uh, I think helped him because it, it made him a tough son of a bitch. Yeah, and it wasn't uh, sure if he was going to make it back in time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so there's so many things that happened, but Austin was in the right place, right time to uh, make history happen. Indeed. And finally, June 23rd, 2002, Brock Lesnar defeated Rob Van Dam to win the King of the Ring tournament and a WWE Championship match at SummerSlam. RVD defeated Chris Jericho and Brock Lesnar defeated Test to make it to the finals. Jamie Noble defeated the Hurricane to win the WWE Cruiserweight belt. And Molly Holly defeated Trish Stratus to win the WWE Women's belt. And now for some birthdays. Yeah, we'll just finish off. We have a few birthdays to go and our uh, second spotlight. And we'll wrap this episode up in a nice little bow. June 20th is a... 36th birthday for Jessica Cricks, also known as former TNA Knockouts champion Jessica Havoc. June 20th, it's a happy 44th birthday to Quentin Rampage Jackson, although also known as Quentin Rampage, he was B.A. Brackett (laughs) in the... uh, yeah, B.A. Brackett in the A-Team movie and had a uh, brief stint with TNA and Bellator in 2013. June 20th is a happy 64th birthday to James Ware, also known as Coco B. Ware. He's born in Union City, Tennessee, trained by Herb Welsh, debuted in 1978, and retired in 2019. He worked for CWA, EWF, NWA, WWF, and USWA. He was also known as Stagger Lee, Coco Ware, and Sweet Brown Sugar. He sang the title track on the WWF's second uh, musical album, Pile Driver. He had a mascot, Macaw, named Frankie, though I think they had a couple of different Frankies over the years because he ended up losing one or one died. Uh, he was 
in the very first WWF Raw match, uh, losing to Yokozuna. He got squished in that uh, opening bout of Raw. He's a 2009 WWE Hall of Fame inductee. A lot of people question why, but I'm going to tell you why in just a moment because it's not all about what do you do in the WWE, but what you do all over the place. Uh, Memphis even acknowledged him with a Hall of Fame induction in 2017. That's because he's a two-time USWA Unified World uh, Champion, one-time USWA World Tag Team Champion, one-time NWA Florida US uh, Tag Team Champion, seven-time AWA Southern Tag Team Champion, six-time NWA Mid-America Champion, one-time Mid-America TV Champion, one-time IWA Heavyweight Champion, a one-time WCCW Heavyweight Champion, one-time BSPW Heavyweight Champion, two-time BSPW Tag Team Champion, one-time RWF Heavyweight Champion, and a one-time SCW Supreme Champion. So even though he was more of a cartoon character in WWF, WWE, he uh, definitely was a journeyman in uh, the territories uh, before making it way up north to New York uh, to do the child-friendly side of wrestling. So people might knock him for being in the WWE Hall of Fame and wonder why, but he proved himself throughout the territories. And he's one of their, uh, I'd say one of their better kid-friendly guys that they had Uh I mean, I know I've seen him live a few times, and the kids just loved him, his bird. And, uh, man, Coco just loved being in there, showing the kids his bird. Yep. June 20th, Don West turns 59, and uh, Don is facing some uh, brain cancer issues. Uh, mm-hmm. If you can find his uh, GoFundMe and can spare some change, Toss it his way. He'd definitely appreciate it. He uh, was here one time in London for a TNA event, and he could sell ice to a penguin uh, the way he uh, sold things. And we got our picture taken with uh, Kurt Angle, uh, our friend Jason. and uh, Oh, Don West. He's, Alex. Uh, he's one of their announcers, wasn't he? He was an announcer, and also he was a sales pitch guy oh. for some of the merchandise uh, when they were on house shows. June 22nd would have been the 59th birthday of John Tenta, known as Earthquake. I'm not a shark. That's right. He's not a shark. And he lost so much weight, he became Golga, but still had the same movesets in his last run with the WWF. Uh, June 23rd, Brandy Rhodes turns 39. And wrapping things up, Billy Kay, now known as Jessica McKay, Turns 33. So that is your list of events, births, deaths, title changes, and events that happen during the week of June 17th through the uh, 23rd. Well, thank you guys for joining us and uh, look forward to catching up on our next episode where we uh, look at everything from June 24th to the 30th. Yeah, I got a preview that we have J.J. Dillon and Terry Funk in our spotlight, plus much more of our regular segments. So thank you. You have anything you want to plug there, Jonesy? Uh, this Week in Wrestling History is compiled from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, CagesideSeats.com, and most importantly, from fans and journalists that had front row seats to history. And, of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, CoolBet, CoolBet.com, and sportsbook betting and casino games. And as well as... Hammerlock Pure Wrestling, bringing you back the golden age of pro wrestling. And you don't want to miss our next two shows. Saturday, Ju- July 9th, Chopsite Brewing Company in Stratford, Ontario. Doors open at 6 p.m. Bell time at 7. You can get your tickets at Jobsite Brewery, and they're just $20. Same with the following week on Saturday, July 16th, Nancy Powers Photography presents Hammerlock Pure Wrestling at the Portuguese Canadian Club in Strathroy, Ontario. Tickets can be purchased at the Rusty Wrench in Strathroy, Ontario. Doors open at 6, bell time 7. 
And we thank everybody who are our sponsors and want to see you come up for that show. It is going to be a huge show. We know a few things that are going to be there, including Tyson Dukes taking on hometown hero, Brickhouse Mick McGuire. So don't miss out on our next uh, shows coming up this weekend and the following weekend, July 9th and 16th in Stratford and Strathroy. So until next time, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to our next episode coming up very shortly. So have a great day, and we'll see you later. Oh, yeah.